0: Here are your hosts, Matt Malouf and Barbara Turley.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Virtual Success, where I'm joined with my fantastic co-host, Matt Malouf. Hey, Matt, how's it going?
2: I'm well, Barbara. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. I'm excited about today's show.
2: I know. It's um, it's a really ex- uh, interesting and exciting topic we're going to be talking about today.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And just for the listeners, you know, we've been talking about Matt and I have had the 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 topic of communication written on our podcast show list for quite some time, and it's a show we haven't done yet. And actually, today I was just saying to Matt off air that I'm I'm really glad we didn't do it yet because today we have such a powerful episode for you based on actual live case studies and actual live problems that we are seeing with some you know some of our clients in Virtual Angel Hub, and we're going to dissect them on this podcast. And actually, on a few, we're going to split this podcast into three episodes. That's how deep this topic is. So um, we're actually going to kick off today with talking about how do we actually set up for success? How do we make sure that our communication sets up for success with a virtual team? Uh, And then episode two, we're going to dive into giving effective feedback with emphasis on the word effective. And then in uh, episode three, we're then going to move on to having the tough conversations because these obviously are the things that can derail us emotionally, uh, can be very challenging to attack. And we're going to give you some great strategies and tips on how to attack those tough conversations in a constructive way.
2: And just, just to add to what you're saying, Barb, I think um, for the listeners, I want everyone to just understand that the what we're teaching in these three episodes are relevant to not only your virtual teams, but your, your teams that you may have in your offices or locally as well. Um, this, these teachings are universal and you need to really understand that communication at all levels in your organization is critically important.
1: In fact, actually, I would say, and I know you'll agree with me here, Matt, for me, in what I've observed over the last, you know, a couple of years of, of dealing with clients, you know, dealing with virtual teams, I would say that your ability to communicate effectively together actually is the difference between success and failure with this. You know, task lists and processes and all those things are vitally important that we've been discussing on this podcast. Um, but your ability to to hear each other and to be able to communicate effectively for success definitely uh, can make or break your success in this area. And that, that goes for any staff member, actually, I think.
2: You know, the best definition I ever heard of um, communication was... Um, I was at a seminar years ago and the speaker, I can't remember their name, would you believe, but they said to me, they said to the group, communication is the response you get. And I think just to, I guess, as a framing for, for, uh, for these three shows, please keep in mind that communication, we think communication is people's ability to listen to what we say, uh, the, to what we're, uh, what we're saying to them. Communication is is the response we get, so it's our ability to communicate in a language that they understand. And I think that's that's. Uh, I want to frame that right from the beginning because um, if you take that message right through these three shows, I think you'll get a lot more from it.
1: Absolutely, I was just thinking, Matt, as you were saying this, you could really apply this to marriage as well, <laughs> to any relationship. Actually, <laughs> really, you know, communication is 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 a tricky one, and we. I think the hardest part is that we all feel. Like we're being clear when often to the other person we 're not being clear or we're being we 're dancing around the communication that we need to have, so to kick it off, I thought you know for today 's show, I really want to delve into you know this idea of step one really with this is you know setting up for success from from minute one, and I know we 've talked a lot about processes and setting up tasks, etc, but you know we've talked about the logistics of setting up tasks, the project management systems the steps, all that sort of thing. But what about the communication around setting up for success with the task? So I want to give just a little live example of, um, you know, a question we got in our forum from one of our members, which was interesting, where she was saying, I'm not quite getting um, what I what I need from my VA in terms of my branding. So images and, you know, landing pages and things like that. And she said, my question is, should I create a video? I'm very specific about my brand, And I'm very particular about it. Should I create a video explaining how I feel about my brand and how I want it to look and feel? For me, the obvious answer was absolutely, because obviously the implication there is you haven't had that discussion yet with your staff member. So how would they know? There's a bit of mind reading there. So I'm going to challenge you, Matt, to sort of, you know, in your experience with coaching people and also managing a lot of virtual teams yourself, how do you feel people should attack this particular setting up for success area?
2: Well, let's let's use the this example that you've given on should I or shouldn't I create a video mm. around the branding? I think it's really important to understand that there's three key um, styles of communication. You've got visual, auditory, and kinesthetic styles of communication, and mm. so if I'm trying to communicate um, via like through speaking on how I want my brand to look. It's always going to be a lot harder. But if I can show a video which shows exactly the do's and don'ts and how I want things positioned and the like, then the likelihood of the person receiving that video um, being able to succeed increases massively. So I think choosing the form of communication based on what you're trying to get across is vitally important. So if something's very visual, trying to, to use an auditory way of communicating to somebody is is really really challenging um going one step further with video i think with your virtual teams i think quite often people don't use say the video function on skype enough being able to physically see somebody whilst you're having a conversation watching their reaction and response actually ensuring that they're present also makes a huge difference and you know you you all of us know that, you know, at times if I'm on the phone, I could be doing two other things at once, um, whereas having physical presence and, and actually observing and sitting with someone and seeing them can make a huge difference as well. So I think, you know, you've got to – in answer to this first is, okay, with what I'm trying to communicate, do they – do? is there a visual that's needed here? Is it okay just in an auditory way or is there something that I need somebody to do? If we think about the kinesthetic uh, piece of it. Do I need to provide a quick little template and get them to actually write something as I'm teaching them, so that they can retain the learning here as well? So I think it's it's vitally important to understand those three forms of communication.
1: Yeah, and also, you know, I'm just thinking as you're talking there. I know in um, look episode three, we actually delved into a whole episode on expectations management where we talked quite a lot about how to set up the expectation, you know, how to manage expectations with your virtual teams or your staff member. And one of the things I think I said in that episode was to also communicate what failure looks like. So somewhere where I've had success myself with... Because uh, sometimes you do these videos and processes and you still might not get what you're looking for. So often I just go a step further with that. And I add a thing to say... Now, if you send back something where this font is not this size or this font, you're going to upset me. So it's it's going to be wrong. So my suggestion is don't do that. And here's the reason why. I'm very particular about my brand for this, this and this reason. For me, it's very, very important that I feel like I can let go of this to you and that you feel empowered to do a great job by yourself. So if there's any areas at all that are unclear or you're feeling like you can't achieve, you need to let me know straight away. So it's like, here's what it looks like, but here's also why it's so important to get this right. And here are the things that I've seen, you know, that can go wrong.
2: I think that's brilliant because uh, it's, that, it, it, it's that last part that I think is really, really brilliant. In, here's how I can see things go wrong.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah, you know, we'd love to think that every system or process we put together will just ensure a smooth running business, but that's not reality. And the reason that so many people fail to let go, business owners fail to let go, is because it, their people don't understand the exceptions and how to deal with the exceptions. And so the natural response is, it's quicker and easier if I just do it myself. Whereas in in the communication that you just described to everyone, uh, Barb, is that this is why it's really, really important. It's, it, it, and, and these are the points that are critically important, and this is uh, where it can go wrong. And But, but the, the, it was in the last thing that you said also, which was if you feel that you can't succeed with this, have a conversation with me. You've made it safe for them to go and ask you a question. So I think that's um, that's very clever communication. Everyone needs to really um, uh, take note of that.
1: I think where I learned that actually, and this is a good little sort of anecdote for the listeners as well. Where where did I learn that? Through trial and error myself. I found that I was being very clear. I had a lot of processes. And you know, I know that some of our clients would feel like this and it can cause a bit of frustration because you feel like yes, I've done all that, but the step that's missing is to show them where the holes are because your experience you you you've done it yourself many times and I just find where I get the most success is when I say now, typically When you first start doing this task, what happened to me was I noticed that if I put the font here or if I, you know, just forgot to pick the right font or whatever, that I noticed when it shows up on Facebook that it cuts the top off or whatever. And you show the the actual nuances of, and you you see that, especially when you're on video, like you suggested, their eyes light up and go, oh, I see what you mean. Oh, my God, I can really make, I can make a mess of this so easily, even if I'm following the process. And I think that's key.
2: One thing I want all the listeners to understand in, in what Barbara's saying is that there's a there's an element of of slowing down in order to speed up here. It's taking the time to take your your VA or your your team member through the steps of what how you want them to do it, through the steps of where it can go wrong, and ensuring that they've got a, a deep level of understanding. When you do this. Whilst it's not guaranteed success, it certainly sets them up for success and enables you to let go um, a lot easier. And I think this is an area where so many business owners bypass because we're so busy. We've got so many things to do. I want to be able to just hand this to someone and they deal with it. You can get them to that point, believe me. And it just takes a little bit of time up front in setting them up to succeed, so that then when you give them that task the second, third and fourth time and beyond, they, they know what's expected of them. They know how to do it and it just gets done.
1: You know, what's interesting as well, and I want to add to this too, Matt, is just listening to what you were saying. Sometimes feedback that we get as well, you know, from clients who are new to this or... They often say, I just, you know, I just don't have time to train somebody. I don't have time for this. I want somebody experienced. Now, what's interesting to me about that is I have had both types of people on my team where I've hired people who are experienced. And I've also hired people who are not experienced where I've trained them myself and that sort of thing. But even when somebody is experienced, let's say, at whatever it is, they're still not experienced with your business, with your mindset and with how you like things done. So even my experienced people need me to communicate with them in this way initially in the in the setup phase of the first, you know, even the first two to three months of working together until we get our flow together and they sort of see how I like things done and how, you know, are both our communication styles are working together. So I think sometimes people just want to run away from it and say, oh, the person lacks experience. But this is actually not totally to do with experience. The communication happens regardless of experience, would be what I think anyway. What are your thoughts there, Matt?
2: I, I 100% agree. You know, I mean, you've got to you've got to remember back to the first time you did something, how many mistakes you made, mm. and understand that in you setting them up, you're, what you're trying to do is bottle up the mistakes you've made over a period of time and ensure that they don't make the same mistakes. But in actual fact. The only way to learn is through mistakes, and so the goal is to minimize them and get your people up and running as quick as possible
1: yeah and you know here 's here's a funny story actually i I, I want to share this story with everyone because you know obviously we come on this podcast and we all we always sound like we know exactly what we 're doing, and we never make these mistakes. but just recently, I made a massive mistake with this one of my most experienced people on my team, someone who You know, she's in the Philippines. She's amazing, right? She's, she's just my, she's like my right hand woman. And, you know, I even, I even ask her for advice. We talk about business and stuff like that. But because she has so much experience with business, I sort of forgot this little step myself. And we had an issue the other day where she made a massive mistake. And I just was so in my head, so irate about it because I was thinking, she's so experienced. How could she make this mistake? The reality was I had just assumed that because she was experienced, she would know our process and how to iterate that process. And I actually had not sat down with her. I had given her the process. I had not sat down with her and said to her, now, if this happens, here's how, how to handle it. And the if this happens thing that, you know, happens in this particular process we have did happen to her and I wasn't available and she didn't know how to deal with it. Because I hadn't, there was a specific process for dealing with the, the, um, this particular iteration that might happen. So it, it, can, it can happen even with the most experienced people. You have to train them, everyone that comes into your business, on how you run it.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So if I was just to summarize, just to give everyone sort of a, a sequence here on what we've been talking about. The first thing is, you know, number one, you, you want to you spend some time with your virtual assistant setting them up in what you need them to do. When you go through that process, you need to emphasise why this is important. The next thing you need to, I think, get clear on is well, when. When are the milestones or deadlines? And then the next step after that is well, where could this go wrong? And not just don't just um, talk about this um, in a theoretical manner. Actually, show them if you do this, it could do this. And um, like Barb was saying with um, with the the example about Facebook. And then I think the last part is then emphasizing that it's really, really important to understand that you're very precise with this for these reasons, like Barbara was talking about earlier. And I think if you follow that sequence each time, number one, you're setting your VA up to succeed. Number two, what you're doing is you're actually getting greater clarity in your own mind On what it is specifically that you want. And thirdly is you're now creating a a, a replicable process that ensures that over time, this person can do that task for you time and time again.
1: And uh, Matt, I'm going to add a fourth step because I know we discussed this before, but it is a vital step. The fourth step I feel, and it's something I've implemented more recently, really works. You have to also set up how you want your virtual assistant to report back to you on milestones, progress, roadblocks, and results. Because if you don't set up as part of your process here about setting this task up, it's, you know, you're telling them, but you're not telling them how you need to be communicated back with. Because some people love to be communicated with ongoingly, you know updates quite ongoingly i'm sort of one of those per- people i like them to give me quick updates in asana i like to see it happening others only want an update once a week but they want a thorough update and they don't want to hear the problems um you know if the problem hasn't been communicated earlier so it's about setting up your communication back and forth then on a pr- on a task once the task has been created for success then the communication on the progress of the task, the milestones and the results of the task is vitally important. And I think most people are missing that step.
2: And it's so, so true. And I think it's understanding what's right for you here. Mm. As Barbara was saying, some people like, you know, might be daily updates on where things are at. Other people are happy to understand that if this is the deadline, unless we're off track, I just want to see it get done. It'll be very, very different. It's a very personal thing, but I think clearly articulating that to yeah. your team is, is vitally important because otherwise, if you're the person that needs daily updates and you're not getting them, you're going to get frustrated. And if you're the person that doesn't want daily updates and that's what you're getting, again, you're going to get frustrated. And yeah. it's about, I think um, the clarity there will, um, will enhance speed and, and ensure that the relationship strengthens as well.
1: Now, we, we have had feedback from some clients who have, you know, not complaints, but feedback saying, oh, my VA, it just results. I'm not getting the, the back, the feedback. And when we've approached the VA to discuss it, sometimes it's so fascinating. Sometimes some of the VAs will say, oh, but she's really busy and I just don't want to be hammering her all day with Skype messages. And they try and, some of them also try and sort it out by themselves. They don't want to be bothering the client. And I've said to them, but maybe your client wants to be bothered. Have you asked them? Because you guys haven't had this conversation about, you know, for me in my business, I'm actually available all day on Skype. I'm occasionally on podcasts and calls, but typically I'm at my desk um, building systems and things like that. So they can ping me on Skype. Other people might be in meetings all day long and they don't want to be pinged on Skype all day because they don't have time. So it's about setting those boundaries with each other around the communication channels.
2: Well, I can, um, I can give a, a differing view there as well because um, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm probably more unavailable than I'm available to my team. Yeah. And so we've set up various Slack channels. So I'll jump on Slack a couple of times a day and see what's happening there. But what I've set up with my team is what I call the bat signal, which is if something's urgent, and I've defined urgent to them as well, they send me an SMS They've all got access to uh, to be able to SMS all my team all around the world, and um, they know that if they need a quick response from me on something, they'll SMS me because that'll be the that's where I'll probably pick it up first.
1: Yeah,
2: and then I and they've got to give me some clear communication. If they abuse that bat signal, they'll hear about it as well. So it's it's really important that you set up what is urgent and what can wait. Um, But they've got that ability to enable them to keep moving on task as well, as well as getting um, input from me where they feel they need to.
1: And not feeling afraid to contact you. They know the context within which they can contact you and when not to, when they have Correct. to deal with it themselves. Yeah, that's, that's great. I love the bat signal. That's fantastic. I might implement that myself, mm. <laughs> the bat signal.
2: So I, th- I think in summary, if you, if you, if we just look at this, I think on the, on this f- one of th- the first of three podcasts around communication, it's vitally important that you set your VA up for success on task. It's vitally important that you understand that you, one form of communication is not going to fit every single, um, met, task or, or what's going on. And I think that you need to, the last thing is, you need to make sure that you get clarity on how they're going to report to you so that uh, the flow of work can continue. And, and every, each person on both sides, you and your VA, feel that they're getting what they need um, to move things forward.
1: Yeah, that's great. And so it really sets us up now for episode two of this uh, podcast where we're going to deal with, you know, let's say assuming you've done this step. Well, let's say it's still not working you know, then the next challenge is how do you give effective feedback so that you still continue to get success? And we're going to deal with that in the next show. So make sure you guys uh, tune back in uh, for episode two of this really important topic. It's really going to help you a lot with any of your staff, be they virtual or in, in the office with you. Absolutely. So, Matt, we'll get ready for the, for the next show. And uh, listeners, be sure to, you know, uh, follow us on iTunes. You can subscribe to the show. And look, if you're finding this show um, is helping you, then, you know, please do share this show because we're, we're really sharing some vital tips that people are missing here when it comes to virtual teams in particular. So we'd love you to share the show far and wide.
2: Fantastic. Have a great day, Bob, and we'll, we'll uh, get ready for the next, next yeah. episode.
1: Thanks, Matt. Bye. Thanks, Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together. Find out more about the inside scoop on outsourcing success by going to our website, virtualsuccessshow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.